Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci. And Scott Jans. This is episode 180, interview with Aaron Owen Mayhew of Backcountry Foodie. On this episode, we have the opportunity to speak with Aaron Owens Mayhew, founder of Backcountry Foodie. Being a registered dietitian, nutrition expert, and backpacker, she offers online ultralight recipes and meal planning formulated for endurance athletes. She teaches how to maximize your nutritional needs while still maintaining lightweight meals by simplifying the entire meal planning process. And as an added bonus, we finally get the truth about cold soaking meals out on the trail. Get talking about this topic in particular. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and begin the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. So we are coming to you live from Courtside, Arizona, which is a very small town. It's a very weird town. I love Quartzsite, but we are coming to you from uh, the Bureau Land Management, BLM land, out in what they call Skadden Wash. And we're just out here by ourselves in the desert, in the sand, watching beautiful sunsets. And the reason we found this place was because we used the dirt, the dirt.com. The dirt.com gives you all and everything you need to find a campground, to find an RV park, but, but really to find a campground and it lets you plan your trip using their trip planner if you get their pro version. The pro version gives you 10 to 20% off depending on what part of the week it is as far as discounts. They also give you 30% off on gear. So if you need gear in a quick timely matter and you're on the road and you're planning a big camping trip with friends family whatever you got to use the dirt the dirt.com is all we use all the time we have the pro version the pro version is nothing it pays for itself in like two different visits so the dirt.com we talked to them uh this last week and um who knows we we may have some big big things going on with the dirt i hope so i'm crossing my fingers (laughs) i love their app they've got an app for uh um, iOS, Android. I, I mean, it's easy to use. You don't get bombarded with a lot of um, needless bells and whistles. And it's really easy to use, especially when we're driving. You know, when you're driving and you're pulling, uh, a, when you, when you're, and you're pulling a camper trailer, it's always important to actually get the facts straight, right, fast, quick. Because <laughs> you're not the best navigator in the world, Ariane. <laughs> I love you. But, uh, you know, you just want to you want to know where you're going, how to get there, quick, easy, and uh, and then book it and then go. So we use the dirt.com. So this interview with Aaron was probably, um, I'm going to say, I think this podcast will make next year's top five podcasts you mean this current year's last episode yes yes i've already yeah well yeah i've already written i I don't even remember 2020 now but um it is definitely number one as we speak yeah yeah no yeah as we speak in january of 2021 it is the best favorite podcast we've done so um i the the thing that i think i learned the most about doing this podcast was that no matter how long you've done, you're, you're doing something, how long you've done something, what you think you know, somebody always 
knows more. And if you are willing to be teachable in your life, it is a beautiful thing. And in this podcast, I learned some stuff. And I, I am so grateful that um, I am still teachable and I, I can still say, you know what? I may have been wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, we learned in this podcast that Scott may be wrong about Maybe. one thing. It's a gray area, man. <laughs> it is. It is. So I was right. I've been right a lot. Of, so most of the podcasts, when you hear it, you'll be like, okay, Scott was right. Scott was right. And then we get to a point where we're like, eh, maybe he was wrong about that. But um, I, I, it's a beautiful thing to remain teachable and never think that you know everything. We're really super happy that Aaron came out. Um, on the show and really uh, delved into her passion and it is a passion for her you can hear the passion oh my god what she is talking about and and the entire drive she has behind it i mean she's a backpacker uh she, oh, she, she knows she, she's she knows. done the P pct but she's a nutritionist the AT. and a backpacker melded into one and it there's so much value in this podcast in this interview i'm really excited because you guys have been asking for a nutrition episode forever and we dug in deep and we wanted to give it to you and i i think we found probably one of the best resources out there i would say if that if you're getting if you're getting ready if you're planning a long distance hike whether it's the pacific crest trail the appalachian trail um, th this is, you need to listen to this episode or, uh, and I think it's, I think it's a must. I, I mean, oh, that's I, how important I, I think it was. I agree. And I think like, even if you're kind of in a rut or rhythm with your, your, you know, meal planning, or you're feeling a little sluggish, you're not getting the best value out of it. She is an incredible resource to be able to go to. Yeah. This that. is the podcast to listen to. Yeah. And the, the cool thing about this is that you guys got to listen to the whole thing, pick which moment that maybe I was wrong. And then. <laughs> at the end we have a promo code for you guys because we're going to give you a awesome awesome treat at the end of the podcast um so you can go and check out her website and uh and play and do some stuff and buy some stuff because she makes some of this nutritionist food herself and the one you know there's there's very few people that you can say you totally trust in life right like you just meet them and you're like you, you find out what they do and you're like oh oh my god yeah one, I'm, I'm one of them right what, there's very few people <laughs> <laughs> but when you when you meet like someone says like yeah i'm a dietitian you know like you're like yeah, you, okay, you know some stuff. You know, you you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna take me to school in a minute, aren't you? And because you know we shove stuff in our body and we never really think about it, and so yeah, we we reveal um we reveal that um, gummy bears may not be the best thing to eat. So anyway, we're gonna get to the interview. Uh, thank you so much, Aaron, for for doing it. And uh, here here is our interview with backcountry foodie. Wow, thank you so much for coming on the show, Aaron. This is this is so cool. This is a first for us. We've never recorded a podcast from a van to a van, both in the desert at the same time, uh, camping and watching these beautiful sunsets in Arizona. This is pretty cool. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's actually kind of funny that it is happening this way today. <laughs> yeah. And it's beautiful weather today. Yeah, um, I just got back from walking my dog in the saguaros, which evidently that's what you've done recently as well. <laughs> I know. I mean, some, there's something about watching your dog uh, next to the ginorm, 
ginormous saguaro that just puts everything into perspective of how little we are in this world, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, our dogs don't think that way. They still pee on it exactly the same way. So it's, uh, they, they, see, they see no difference. <laughs> well, this podcast is clearly not about our dogs or the saguaros. <laughs> but so... We're so happy. We're so happy to have you here. We've been, you know, talking back and forth for a while and you have, you have something so incredible and so inspiring that we just, we really, really wanted to have you on this podcast and bringing your education and what you can offer to our listeners because they've been asking for nutrition advice for a very, very long time. And so this is really, really powerful for us to be able to provide them. So Tell us a little bit about how Backcountry Foodie, your, your pride and joy, how it all began. Um, well, first off, I'm a registered dietitian, and I've been one for, I guess, in a few months, it'll be 20 years, which is really hard to believe. It's been that long already. <laughs> um, and I've also been a backpacker for just as long, um, but I haven't been a meal cleaning backpacker like I am today for that long. Um, it wasn't until I decided to quit my job in 2016 that I was having a midlife crisis. And I was miserable at work, two hour commute, the whole thing to where I was just, I needed a break. So I quit my job and decided I wanted to do a dream hike through hiking the PCT. And while preparing that, I realized that I couldn't continue eating the mountain house meals, which is what I'd been eating at the time, because that's what I knew. Um, so it's like, that's not going to work. It's too expensive. Um, the preservatives, all those sorts of things are too big. That's not going to work for five months. So then I started getting online and doing all the Googling and reading blogs about all the traditional hiker diets. And then realized I'm not going to eat Pop-Tarts and ramen and instant mashed potatoes for five months either because I'm a <laughs> dietitian. This isn't how I normally eat. This isn't going to work. Um, so then I went on to um, learning how to make my own food by buying lots and lots of cookbooks of DIY backpacking meals. And that was starting to work a little better. I started to feel a little bit more confident about how I was going to eat. Um, but again, being a nerdy dietitian, I love numbers. I love making <laughs> sure everything's balanced. That's what I do. I'm a type A personality. So I get into it really deep. Um, realized that I wasn't going to be able to eat a malnutrition that I needed and, and a low enough weight that I could physically carry. Um, so then I started tinkering even more. I, of course, being a dietitian, again, I have this really fancy software. So I started punching in all the numbers in my recipe software and then ended up developing my own line of recipes, um, which I call ultralight meal planning. And essentially the basis of that is that I've been able to maximize every single bite of nutrition um, that I can for the least amount of weight, which means that it doesn't take up as much space in your backpack. Um, you ultimately don't have to eat as much food, doesn't require as much water, doesn't cost as much as Mountain House. So I've just kind of developed this own unique thing for backpacking food now. Um, and it caught on. So the kind of the funny story is on the Pacific Crest Trail is people would start following me and hoping I would leave food in the hiker boxes. <laughs> So yeah, I would give messages on Instagram and, and remind, back then I had no idea what Instagram was. This was all new to me. I was 40. So <laughs> I'd get messages on Instagram saying, where are you today, Aaron? Are you leaving anything behind? I'll be there tomorrow. Make sure nobody takes it. <laughs> um, so uh -huh. it just caught on. And then a few years later, my husband kind of hit the same point in his life and work. So he's since joined the company. We live in a van full time since April of... Oh gosh, 2019, and this is backcountry foodie full time on the road. So that's where we are today. That is a great story. Um, I wish I would have been following you on my hike on the Appalachian Trail <laughs> back in 2003 because I was eating the dreaded Mountain House uh, foods because that's all they had back then. Right. Um, 
uh, unless you went into town and you know when you went into town you knew you were eating bad you just didn't care right. um and there 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 was really no uh science behind you know uh food prep prepping for food it was basically you hike until you get hiker hunger boom eat as much as you want whenever you want and you know the myth and it's not really a myth, but you know, the fact of you're, you're burning 6,000 calories a day, don't worry about what you're eating. Well, that was good for a while, but I think now with technology and the way we understand food a little bit better and how we digest food and exercise and everything else, we now know that, yeah, hiking the Appalachian Trail or the Pacific Crest Trail, pretty hard gig, not easy to do. So if you can develop a food strategy, to really maximize what you're eating, when you eat, how you eat, you're giving yourself that even much better odds of finishing your your through hike. So, congratulations on backpacking, foodie. That is that's just awesome. Yeah, um, absolutely. And the, and the fact that's, that you're taking it out on the road is even even cooler. Well, that's the whole thing. Is that I'm hoping to take all the things that I learned and making them easier for beginner hikers, that so they don't have to go through all those things that I did. Um, is that absolutely you're right that sure you could go out for a weekend and eat you know pop tarts and ramen and those kinds of things but day after day after day you're gonna feel it um, right. you're not gonna recover well um, you're gonna be tired you're gonna bonk I mean there's all these things that are purely preventable with food um, right and I really as a dietitian I was like you know what there's no way I'm going home off of my dream hike because I lost too much weight right <laughs> I was like, that's, right that's pre completely preventable I'll go home which I ended up having to go home early because I had a shoulder injury. Um, but I just told myself, there's no way I'm going home. That's something preventable. Something else could happen to send me home, but this will not. So this is, this is not one of them. It's completely within your wheelhouse. Um, right. So let's kind of dig into the scientific part of it. You're, you know, you're, you're obviously a dietitian nerd, but I am definitely a scientific nerd. And I love the science behind why these things are so impactful for us. And, and we run into a lot of newbies and a lot of um, semi-experienced individuals who need to learn more, but it, it feels like a mathematical equation to absorb all of it. So let's talk a little bit about like what is happening to your body? Like what's the science behind it? What's happening to your body when you're hiking and how, how, is, it, how is it so important what you eat to kind of refuel yourself? Well, and actually, I like to think of hiking as an endurance activity, um, and that's where people need to fuel themselves as if they were an endurance athlete, um, because you would, I mean, a lot of hikers, when you're out there, you're doing 10, 12, 15, 20 miles, you're out there for eight to 12 hours, you're going up and down three to 4,000 feet of elevation on a really hard day, you might be doing this seven days in a row, you know, there's, these are really intense situations you're putting yourself in. Yeah. Um, you would never see an Ironman triathlete eating food that's not good for them, you know? Yeah. So why are hikers not treating themselves like an athlete when they're actually, I think, honestly, putting themselves in a more stressful situation by yeah. even carrying a backpack on your back, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, an Ironman gets to go home and sleep and refuel that night, whereas a backpacker has to get up and do it over and over again. Um, so that's where I like to back all the way up to that is think about like, okay, I need to fuel as an athlete. So how do I do that? Um, a lot of it is focusing on carbs. I know the keto diet's really popular right now, and that actually works well for low, low intensity exercise, but 
a lot of us are doing high difficult hikes where you're having to have these surges of energy like i did one yesterday that i thought was going to be easy and ended up being much harder than i expected so i was glad i had the extra carbs on me um so eating carbs for those kinds of things and then having protein uh, for recovery so that your muscles feel better the next morning and that you're not wasting away over however many weeks to months if you're doing a through hike and then having fat for a slow burning fuel so because carbs digest so quickly then you run out of energy but then the fat kind of sticks around a little longer so you don't burn out so fast um, so just breaking it down in those three pieces it would kind of help um, I guess kind of get you started so one of the things that we see all the time uh, well all the time is and, and especially with long distance hikers is that they feel like right off the bat, uh, right? I mean, like literally um, I'm going to hike the Appalachian trail or Pacific crest trail. Um, and two days later, they've gotten off the couch and they start hiking. Um, you're, it, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but your body needs to take a minute to figure out what you're doing. And so, you know, the, the diet or what you eat in the beginning is, probably not as crucial as what you need to be eating once your body does realize what you're doing. For example, we have a lot of people that um, say like their first night uh, after maybe a 10, 12, 15 mile hike, I'm just not hungry. I just don't, I don't know why I'm just not hungry. Well, a lot of it seems to be is like you're all of a sudden they're exercising, you know, big time for the first day. Um, and their body just doesn't know what they're doing. So how do you kind of tell, you know, a through hiker um, or a long distance hiker that, hey, you know, like, do you, do, you, do you tell them to pack a lot of food the first few days? Or is it more important to really get that nutritional balance once you really get going and your body becomes a, a you know, fine oiled machine? Like, how do you balance the weight versus the meal versus what to eat? When, when they when they first get going. And that's that's so true. Um, that's so hard to dial in. Um, that takes a lot of experience to really nail it. Um, so I usually do say when you're first starting, like you just mentioned, your body's kind of like in like, whoa, what is going on? You're doing something so different from normal. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to go without food because you're going to burn through what energy you do have stored. Um, so the, one of the things my trick is actually I drink my nutrition. Um, so I use quite a few recipes that I call meal replacements. So if I'm not hungry, then I can drink eight ounces, but I'm still getting the protein and the carbs to keep me going, um, even though I don't feel like I need it, but my body's going to need it because you're going to need it. a few days later, you're really going to feel it. Um, right. And that's when that hiker hunger really kicks in because your body's like, wow, like it's all wrapped up, ready to go. Now I'm ready to fuel myself um, kind of thing. So that's what I typically do myself as I pack less um going out initially but i do have those extra drinks to kind of keep me going and then usually a week or so later you really ramp it up to when your body's kind of okay now we're full on now i'm ready to eat <laughs> and and what's a, what's some good examples of that first few days on the trail as far as you know you're i i, I would assume you're talking about like some powder drinks like carnation instant breakfast something like that maybe um yeah so my meal replacement drinks the easiest one and everybody loves it this is my favorite it's super simple is the carnation instant breakfast whole milk powder and peanut butter powder and you can buy them all at the grocery store it's super easy um i believe the recipe is a half a cup whole milk powder one of the packets of the carnation instant breakfast and a third cup of protein or excuse me peanut butter powder and it's like 600 calories 30 something grams of protein um all the carbs you need all in eight ounces of water and that's i mean it's a whole meal 
And I actually even keep it on me as day hiking is like my backup. If I feel like I'm getting ready to hit the wall, then that's my emergency backup plan. So I always have one of those. Um, and, and that's a lot less weight than um, bringing Campbell's soup cans. On the <laughs> oh, trip. absolutely. <laughs> I'm not saying Campbell's soup is going to give you the nutritional value. Yeah. You need, though. <laughs> right. I mean, Maybe and it's so easy. It fits in your hip belt pocket too for people yeah. that actually have hip belt pockets still anymore. They seem to be gone on most of these ultralight backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I carry it literally right there in my pocket and can pull it out when I feel like I'm starting to run low. So, so something we kind of want to talk about, and you've already brought it up, is that, you know, we do see people, especially inexperienced backpackers, uh, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, right? And encouraging people to start somewhere. And it's so easy to just gravitate towards the convenience and the, the expected, like, they know better than I am. These are backpacking meals, like your, you know, your prepackaged uh uh, freeze-dried meals and people gravitate to them and they are very convenient. They are easy. Explain a little bit to our listeners and, and I, I'd be interested to hear what you say about this because there's a difference between a, you know, an overnight and a multi-day versus, you know, your long-term um, through hike and how, how, what your body needs in those time periods. Do they, do they need those up front or are there better options? Um, I, my big thing is I try to encourage people, like I think I mentioned before, is um, eat your regular diet that you normally have at home and take that into the backcountry with you. There's absolutely no reason why you need to switch it up. It's just a matter of knowing how to transition that. Um, so something like the simple oatmeal that everybody eats when they go backpacking, the way to add a little more nutrition to it without going and buying the mountain house, you know, granola and berries, that's $7. <laughs> is you can have a packet of oatmeal add a little bit of whole milk powder a few nuts maybe some brown sugar maybe some berries and now you have this completely nutritious breakfast that you just made from ingredients you had in your pantry at home um something like sure ramen's really easy but beef it up a little bit and make it like a pesto um, add some olive oil and basil and garlic powder and some parmesan cheese and then you've just added more nutrition to something that's still really easy you have ingredients at home um, there's, like I said, the drinks are really easy to do. I'm trying to think of some other things, um, like spaghetti is really easy to do at home. Um, so a lot of these, you just use regular ingredients. Actually, that's one of the things we offer on our meal planning site is it's a filter, a recipe, um, grocery store ingredients only. And then we have probably at least over 50% of our recipes are things you can just go to the grocery store and pick up, um, without having to go and spend 12, $15 on some of these fancy freeze-dried meals. Um, so I really don't think you have to start there. It's just a matter of having a little bit of know-how to eat regular food. And if you look um, careful enough, a lot of those, uh, uh, a lot of that stuff at your grocery stores are, they're all prepackaged for you. You know, it, they're all ready to go. It, it, if you really look at some of the stuff that, you know, you can uh, eat off the shelf, um, some of the things you might eat at home and take out in the back country, um, the, the grocery stores, they, they've packaged everything for you. So you don't really have to go through this whole, you know, repackaging deal. Uh, they're, you know, pretty quick and easy meals often. Are you talking like what kinds of prepackaged things like the uh, pasta sides and the rice sides? Those yeah. Kinds of things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those would be fine for a weekend for a beginner. Um, they're not something for somebody that's going to be out there for months at a time, just because they're so carb heavy, they're not going to have the extra nutrition in them, right? Because the rice just doesn't have a lot of nutrition. So what I do instead is I use couscous or quinoa or lentils or something like that that provides a lot more nutrition per bite than the white rice. 
And one of the things too is those are so inexpensive that there's actually a reason why that's just not nutritionally sound. Right. Um, because I mean, that's just how they're produced. So those are easy things to do easy for a weekend or that kind of thing. But if you're wanting to do something long-term, I wouldn't recommend them unless you start adding some of these extra ingredients to them to beef them up some. Is there a uh, food, whether it's a snack food or, you know, you've kind of already talked about the meals, but is there a typical backpacking go-to that is going to make you more sluggish on the trail that people should maybe steer away from? (laughs) Some food hikers are going to be really angry with me. Um, Sour Patch Kids and gummies and <laughs> all those sugary go-tos that yeah. they're really great for, again, I keep them as emergency food. So they're really awesome for getting a quick surge of energy, but the problem is they're simple sugar. So they digest really quickly within 30 minutes or a little longer, and then you're going to crash again. So um, that's the reason why I keep them as emergency. It's like I'm coming up to a really steep hill and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it. So I pop a couple of those and it gets me through. Um, but that's not something you want to do over and over again all day long. So it's again, going back, reading your food label and picking something that has some fiber in it because it's going to slow down the digestion and you're going to be full longer, something with protein in it, something with fat in it. So again, that's that combination of everything per bite is really going to help you stay fueled longer and feel better. So we had one of our listeners very specifically uh, asked this question, and I'm hoping that you can bring the educational value behind it is that you know, the, the difference between macronutrients and micronutrients, you know, macros are your, your protein and your carbs and your, your micros are a lot more of those fatty oils and, and so on and so forth. But is there one that's better the other and how to use them depending on the time of day or your level of activity? Um, so macronutrients are carbs, protein, and fat. And micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals. So those vitamins and minerals, unless you're out there for months at a time, they're not really that big of a concern. Um, You're not going to be deficient. It takes weeks and weeks and weeks for that to happen. So I don't even worry about those unless you're a through hiker. Um, But then going back to the macronutrients, the carbs, protein, and fat, they each have their own job. So I don't like to say one's more important than the other. Um, And again, I like to eat them all at once because they're all doing, they're each doing their own job all day long. So if you're eating more heavily on carbs that are digested really quickly, um, you're going to crash again sooner than if you were to eat the fat and protein together. Or if you only eat fat, you're not going to have that stored energy in your muscles and the glycogen from the carbs. So I really believe in eating it all at the same time the best you can. I think I'm still going through shock on the gummy bear comment. I I know. You're um, probably going to get, or I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> no, no, I'm like, what? No, the, the, the truth of the matter is I I never ate candy. I never ate that stuff when I did uh, my through hike. Although I will say um, I did, I uh, was very low energy one time and I was, uh, I had to do this mountain and some guy was standing there and he gave me a three musketeers bar and it was one of those big ones, you know, like not the regular size, three musketeers, the king size. <laughs> the king size. And I ate that and um, I went into my happy place somewhere on a sugar high and never remembered hiking up the mountain. Um, so uh, there is, it, works. it does work for the short term. Uh, you probably, I probably took a nap an hour later, but I got up the mountain and I was pretty happy about it. Um, so the, one of the things that um, we, when, when we talk about backpacking and Ariane and I, uh, we, we, we were teaching an Appalachian Trail prep uh, course for a while. We, we always get questions about hiker hunger. 
the whole hiker hunger concept. And, you know, hiker hunger, is, it's kind of a, a difficult thing to explain, although one minute your body just can't seem to get enough calories. At that point, when you, when you do, and then, and of course, at that point, then, you know, um, people start thinking, well, I, I can eat McDonald's and I can eat this and that and this, and it doesn't matter. I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to, I can eat whatever I want to. What is the science between hiker hunger? And when, when that sets in, what, what should you avoid? I mean, what are the warning signs of say, Hey, eating McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner off the trail may not be the greatest thing for you. And that's going back to the whole endurance athlete fueling um, idea is that sure you're starving, you're feeding yourself the calories, but you're not feeding yourself the nutrition that your body's starving for. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling hyper hunger, your body's wanting something. It's starving for something. Uh, whether you're not getting protein for your muscles, which I like, the, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, hiker hobble in the morning mm -hmm. when you can barely stand up when you crawl <laughs> out of your tent. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> There's hiker hobble. I mean, that's part of the inflammatory process of hiking. So if you think about the night before having some protein before you go to bed, that'll help your muscles feel better in the morning. Um, so sure, you can go to McDonald's and load up on those things, but you're not going to get the high quality calories that you're going to need. Um, so you're, you'll function, but you're not going to function at your highest performance level that you could be. Um, so yeah, it's just, that's that level of hunger to where you can't keep up. And that's where our ultralight meal planning comes in is that I've maximized every bite so that you don't have to sit there and eat three, you know, Big Macs and four large fries and Cokes and that kind of thing that I've been able to max really combine all that nutrition in a small amount of food. So you don't have to do that day after day. So, and, and I think that's a really important uh, a key to, to kind of focus on is that, you know, uh, a, a long distance hike, a thrill hike, it, it's, it becomes very psychological and you don't want to put yourself at a disadvantage if you're, if you're not eating right and that, that is then making you tired or that is making you sore or your recovery period is a little bit longer because, you know, and I think you would agree when you're out there, you need every psychological advantage oh, absolutely. <laughs> you can get <laughs> um, because, you know, everything is kind of fighting you, not to mention, you know, the, the weather and, and everything else and then just the trail of itself. So um, I, I think it, I think the, the eating right, the nutritional balance, and, and knowing how to eat it is just crucial if you're planning a long, a long distance hike. So what, what, you know, you plan meals for, for, for through hikers, what would be a good example, just an example of what you would recommend for somebody who's going to even do, let's just say, um, you know, let's say they're, they're going to do 300 miles. They're going to section hike the Pacific Crest Trail or they're going to section hike the Appalachian Trail, maybe do 300 miles. What would be something that they could start and then as they're going, kind of uh, look for to eat on a, on a daily basis? And what I do for meal planning purposes, like you were just saying, when you start, you tend to not be as hungry and then you start getting more and more ravenous. So what I tend to do is plan out my breakfast, lunch, and dinners. And then I just supplement with more and more snacks in between um, to make it easier. So then if I'm doing a resupply box, then if I don't, if I'm really having hiker hunger and I didn't pack enough, it's really easy just to throw in an extra bar or some nuts or those kind of things. Um, so just having a really solid breakfast, a really solid lunch and dinner, 
Um, like I said, you could really beef up some oatmeal. Um, you can have grits. I love cheese grits. <laughs> I grew up in the South, so I love cheese grits in the morning. Um, and I also, like I said, I drink my calories. So rather than having black coffee, you can have coffee with um, a carnation and some breakfast in it and make it a mocha. Or we have a chai um, latte that we make that's with coconut milk and some spices. That's really delicious. Um, lunches can be really easy. I'm vegetarian, so we do a lot of hummus dip, which is super easy. It's just dry hummus with some herbs in it and dip it in pita. Um, and then dinner can be any kinds of noodle dishes. Uh, I mean, there's unlimited number of possibilities of things you can eat. Um, and then just making sure you snack, we were talking about timing wise, and making sure you snack at least every 60 to 90 minutes um, to make sure your energy levels um, sustain throughout the day. It's kind of another key take home point. So what about shorter trips too? Um, so when we go into the Grand Canyon, we always, we always emphasize, you know, um, it's not, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's what you eat that makes all the difference. So electrolytes, you know, balancing, you know, water is great, but water isn't the cure for all for dehydration, you know, eating electrolytes, snacks, things like that. Is there a difference between eating in, like higher temperatures versus colder temperatures. Yes. And as you just mentioned, like in hot temperatures, you definitely have to pay attention to your electrolyte balance um, because you're going to be sweating so much more. So you definitely do not want to drink just water because then you get become over diluted. You dilute down the sodium that and what sodium you do have left. <laughs> um, so make sure you're eating salty snacks, adding salt to your meals, um, eating fruits that have some potassium in them, those kind of things to make up those electrolytes. Um, and then your body is actually revved up too because it's so hot that it actually its metabolism is higher. So you're actually burning through more energy that way um, in extreme heat. And then just the opposite um, happens. Well, actually not the opposite. You actually become dehydrated really quickly in extreme cold too because of the whole breathing, the respiratory process. You lose um, moisture through your breathing. So you're getting dehydrated and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Um, you tend to be all bundled up and you don't want to take out your water bottle, you know, so you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then there's always the, it's really cold outside. I don't want to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. So <laughs> right. the, I, right. should probably, I should probably drink a liter before I go to bed, but I don't want to but. get up. So <laughs> that turns into dehydration. Yeah. Um, so there's all those things that kind of make dehydration go on. Um, and then actually shivering can cause you to burn 400 extra calories an hour. Um, so if you're not prepared and you're cold, then you're going to burn through all those calories that you didn't prepare for. Right. Um, so I really encourage people that are doing it, especially like snowshoeing, those kinds of things where your energy level so high above what a normal, you know, um, dirt trail would be is a really easy trail is to pack that much more food when you go. Um, right. So, well, the beautiful thing of what you do, which I'm so inspired is, is that you really tailor it for the individual. So, you know, you may have like different dietary sensitivities, or you may have somebody who just doesn't like a lot of different foods that are out there to offer. And you really are able to, what you do is tailor it uh, for the individual, for the specific hike, whether it's a different environment, the temperatures, the different elevation, the different scenarios. So, tell us a little bit about your products that you, that you offer. Right. That's exactly true too. That's one of the things I see beginners do is they really rely on blog posts of other people's meal plans. Um, but everybody should be such individualized because all of our needs are different or our height, our weight, our age, our metabolism, all these things are so different. Um, which is why I do them. I used to do more private coaching than I do now. Um, so now we've actually put all of the things that I used to do for people into our meal planning site. So now it's all automated for you. 
Um, so you can pick and choose recipes and foods and it builds a meal plan for you um, just by drag and drop. It calculates all the calories and the protein. We give you all the resources so you know what those are for you specifically. Um, it adds up all the water for you so you know how much stove fuel to pack, which is one of those things that you never want to go without is to have, <laughs> have to cold soak something at night and it should be a hot meal. <laughs> so um, we have those kind of resources. Um, we've got webinars, we've got videos. Uh, if you need to learn how to dehydrate food, we do that. Um, and like you said, if you're on a special diet, we do gluten-free, nut-free, um, dairy-free, vegan, we do it all. Um, so it's all very individualized. You make it whatever you need it to be. So, um, and, and, I, and I think that's the way it should be because you, you can't really generalize your body um, when you're on the trail because you know a lot of times you don't know what your body's gonna do until you're out on the trail for a few days, a few weeks. Um, and so at that, at that time, you know, you can't, you know, you can't ask somebody else, well, you know, what's good for you? Right. Um, well, because it, it's different it, too. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It, it, we, 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 we kind of go through the same thing and, and that's really kind of what our big message is, is that what's best for somebody else may not be best for you and you got to figure right. that out for, for yourself. So, but I do, I do have one burning question. And if you thought you were going to get in trouble with the gummy bear thing, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this question. <laughs> um, so, um, and you would, you would be proud. I, I think you would actually be, you would, you would kind of give me a thumbs up for this. I was a little um, perplexed by the whole cold soaking trend mm -hmm. um, where they would just put ramen noodles in cold water um, let them cold soak and then eat the ramen noodles and, you know, maybe put a little, you know, salsa in there, a little, maybe a little honey and call it a day. And um, so I, I, I did my, I did research on that. And by the time, you know, you weighed the water and then you weigh, you weighed the weight of the ramen noodles actually soaking and getting heavier in the water and expanding, I found more nutritional value in a whole grain peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so, <laughs> <laughs> which I absolutely love on the trail. Um, what, what, I mean, was I right, wrong? I'd love to hear your, your, your opinion on the whole cold soaking thing. Uh, well, that's true. Yes. By the time, even though you're not carrying a stove because you're cold soaking, you are carrying that extra water weight while it's preparing in your backpack while you're walking. Um, but for me, the key, actually, I cold soaked the entire Oregon Coast Trail back in 2018. I'll never do it again, but it was an experiment. <laughs> um, because the trick is to choose foods that are meant to be eaten cold naturally versus just letting something soak in cold water that you would normally eat hot. Um, because you can have cold pasta salads and it'd be actually really nutritious and delicious. You can have bean dips that you've just added a little bit of water to that's cold, that's really good. Um, so I think there's, I don't know, I wanna say a right and wrong way, but um, that's been my trick to making cold soap tolerable. Um, so and, I don't, and I don't the know benefit, if that answered your question or not. Well, it, the, the way you would do it then is benefit from the nutritional value of that item versus just, uh, a noodle source alone. Right. So yeah, well, I, I think, think you answered the question. You did, and you, you answered it beautifully. And I think the the thing that was getting kind of crazy out there was 
it was saving weight and, 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 and I'm like, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot of ands to that uh, yeah. cold soaking thing. And I'm not so sure after what? like three or four ands, you're winning that, that argument when I can just slap two pieces of whole grain bread together and, and some really good nutritionist peanut butter and, and uh, you know, not, not have to use my stove at all. So I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, again, when you're out there, you have to like the food that you're eating. Exactly. Because if you don't like the food you're eating, you're not going to go back out there. Exactly. It's a purely personal preference. So if you'd rather have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that weigh, might weigh a little bit more than the meal that I made, then that's something you're going to prefer. And that's totally fine. So that's just whatever your personal preference is, whatever's going to make you happy at the end of the day is what's going to make your experience that much better. Yeah. I bring the MSR flex skillet when I go backpacking because <laughs> okay. he doesn't go, he does I, not go lightweight. I, I cook because you know, so the funny thing you, you earlier on, you mentioned the mountain house uh, uh, food and um, you know, when I did the trail, that that's all there was in mountain house back then, there was about maybe like four meals. I mean, there wasn't right. a lot to choose from. And I've told the story uh, on, on our show before, but, you know, um, it was about maybe, I don't know, the fifth time I had o opened up that, um, you know, the uh, Mountain House breakfast. And there was no skillet. It was just powdered eggs, basically. Right. You know? And I got sick. I, I you know, I, I, you know I, I got sick in the morning time and I, I couldn't eat it. I couldn't put it in my mouth anymore. It physically Ooh. made me sick. And this guy uh, was at one of the shelters. And, you know, I was like, I, I, I can't eat this stuff. And he goes, well, did you eat that at home before you hit the trail? And I said, no. And he said, well, why eating it out here? Right. And it, it, it dawned on me like, yeah, man, I just fell hook, line and sinker into that yep. whole freeze dried trap and I didn't have to. So, you know, now, you know, like in the morning time, I will bring and don't be, don't, don't get mad at me, but I, <laughs> I, I will bring a little pre-cooked bacon with me and fry that up and maybe have a bagel in the morning, you know, for breakfast and, you know, uh, a little bacon, a little cream cheese, a little bagel, maybe a little egg on there. I mean, it makes, it makes Scott very happy. In How the much morning. nutritional value would yeah, be yeah, yeah. in the pre-cooked bacon <laughs> is my question. Aaron's gone. Oh, you poor guy. No wonder you can't make it up the mountain. <laughs> No, but it's truly like if that's what makes your morning, you're going to start out so much better than somebody that maybe just had a packet of oatmeal and is not satisfied after the breakfast right. and they're going to be struggling right away. So your yeah. morning already started out better than somebody else that maybe went and had that mountain house meal like you experienced and were miserable because they couldn't eat their breakfast. Right. But then in, in Aaron's true sense, she's going to then substitute some nutrients for snacks and lunch for you. Right. <laughs> right. 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 You missed the mark at breakfast. Scott will be happy leaving the campsite on the trail, but Aaron will be passing Scott on the trail earlier in the afternoon. Well, actually, I experienced it myself. I, like I said, I was a guinea pig when I first started this. All in the when I did the PCT in 2017, I was really fine-tuned in, had it all planned out. Um, and then I went on to do part of the AT and didn't eat as well and fell into the, uh, the gummy bears and going into town and drinking a beer and, you know, and eating at restaurants and pizza. And I felt horrible. 
Yeah. So I just, I, because that's not how I normally eat. So I went from this really healthy diet to not so, and I could physically significantly tell the difference. Um, I was really proud to say on the PCT, I just turned 40 and I was keeping up with the 20 year olds. And they're like, <laughs> how, how old are you? And I'm like, I just turned 40 and I'm right here with you. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's all in the meal planning. <laughs> there like, is, what are you eating? <laughs> you know, there is something to be said for the education value of nutrients because as as hikers, I think we fall into the trap sometimes that like, you know, all the all the crap food that's out there that's like, oh yeah, that's yummy, that's yummy, that's yummy, and like you you can eat anything because you're gonna burn it off. But but you do need nutrients at the end of the day to be able to fuel right. your body to function the way it needs to to go. So congratulations on on uh, passing those twenty year olds. <laughs> oh yeah, it was that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and and when and when they and when they ask you like, wow, like how do you have so much energy? You just pull out your 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 backcountry foodie card, and there, yeah, there you I go. Yeah, I pretty much did. I gave away yeah. stickers back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me, and that's gotten you to where you're at now. That's yeah. where I am when, today. <laughs> when you catch up to me at the next campsite, we can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Could tell our listeners like how they can how they can find you and and what they need to do if they want to engage um, into your in your site. Um, so you can go to backcountryfoodie.com. Um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a few YouTube videos. We're working on putting up quite a few more because um, it's I really enjoy the education piece. So I do educational videos. Um, and then if anybody has questions, I'm always open to answering those. So you can always email me at Aaron at backcountryfoodie.com. Um, this is truly my passion. I left my old career and this is what I do full time. Again, we live in the wilderness full time. So this is what we do. I love it. And I'd love to help everybody the best I can. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And, um, I'm just trying to get a visual of you sitting outside with your laptop, answering emails in this beautiful Arizona sun. I mean, it's quite, it's quite the beautiful country out here. Uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing like being out in the wilderness with some little peace and quiet that really inspires you. I mean, I, I think I get more work done out here than I did back living in the city because you just oh. concentrate and, and it's, it's just peaceful. Well, and when I need to take a break, I can. I can just go away, take go for a walk rather than having to push through the day at my old job. Um, so actually, I'm healthier out here, mentally healthier, physically healthier. Um, and what's funny is we actually call going into town resupply days. Right. We go in and we do laundry, go to the grocery, pick up a mail if we have to, and then we're back out immediately. Like we're only yeah. there when we absolutely have to be. And then we're back out in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it very, feels good. Very, very oh. good. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. We really, uh, really super appreciate your time. And thanks for all the advice. Uh, really appreciate, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, you, you sharing your education with us. I think it really is going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. Well, thank you, Aaron. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Such an amazing interview. Thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on the show. Please go to backcountryfoodie.com. That's backcountryfoodie.com. Aaron is offering all of our Trust the Trail listeners a promo code, Trust the Trail. I encourage everybody to become a member of that site. That's how important not only do Ariane and I feel about nutritional value on the trail, 
But once you get to know Aaron, oh my God, you're gonna fall in love with her, and you're not want you're gonna want to become a member. And she's giving you a promo code for that. Trust the trail. I encourage everybody to go and really, really think about what you eat on the trail because you know what? That like we talked about on the podcast, the the, the you know it's psychological, and you want to eat as well as you can. So backcountryfoodie.com. Promo code Trust the Trail. Thank you so much. If you guys enjoy this podcast, and we hope that you do, please go and give it a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, all of your favorite podcatchers. We love to hear how we're doing. Of course, you know we are bi-weekly now, so we are doing it every other week so we can provide better and better content. So anyway, thank you guys so much. Our Facebook members are just awesome i can't even tell you how much we love our our facebook members you guys have been great and we've been taking a lot of new people in lately so that really makes our day when we're especially when we're on the desert (laughs) and we say oh wow okay lots of new people coming in very very cool and also thank you so much for our patrons we could not do this podcast without our patreon family so we really appreciate that it's Angela Sales, Kim Kaverman, Brother Bear, Jill Lang, E.J. Newell, Becky Wenger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Jeff Nyman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellet, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Gary Busia, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, Rick Hornick, Jessica Wolfen, Ethan Corona, Jordan Lankrek, Susan Adams, Jill Ryder, and our newest patrons, Kevin Frost. Patreon is a secure platform. If you don't know what that is, it's a platform that lets you support your favorite content creators, podcasts, YouTubers. All you need to do is create an account, go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Also, we have partnered with Teespring. You've probably heard this before. We have a store. You can buy all kinds of stuff. Coffee mugs, t-shirts, hoodies. They all say embrace the suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... If you're not quite over 2020 and you'd still like to make a statement or you just like hiking in the rain and yelling, I am happy, embrace the suck, that's your store to go to. So you want to go to teespring forward slash trust the trail or just go to our website, trust the trail podcast.com and just click right there on our website. Uh, we have that merch count, and we also are putting out a newsletter on the 1st and 15th of each month. It ends up sometimes being the 7th and the 25th. I don't know why that happens, but we really try to do that twice a month for all you guys. And we have a lot of new trails coming up on that newsletter, so you want to you wanna sign up. Um, our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, all the big ones. If we're not on there, just let us know. We'll get we'll get on there also. You can also get private podcasts via our Patreon page. So if you want to go to if you want to go to podcasts early, you have your own private audio feed on Patreon. So that's kind of a cool feature that Patreon does that nobody else does. By the way, we want to. Um, we're also on Instagram, Trust Trail. We're posting all kinds of desert stuff lately. There's a lot of cactus. I think there's cacti. Oh, and we found palm trees like in the middle of the desert. So that's pretty that's pretty cool. That's on our Instagram page and of course Trust the Trail Facebook page. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> I feel like I just hiked. <laughs> Yet another podcast with a podcast. <laughs> 
You guys, thank you so much. The, remember, the trail does give you everything you need. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.